Hey guys, welcome to the GOAT podcast. This is college football edition, and this is our SEC preview episode. Now we're going to go ahead and preview the SEC in this episode, and then I have some clips from some special guests, and we'll go ahead and play those in this episode. But first, let's dive into the SEC. So... Let's go ahead and get started with the projected standings. I believe I pulled these from Sports Illustrated. So, the bottom of the conference, it starts out with Vanderbilt. I can see that. I can see where Vanderbilt would be at the bottom. Because that's where they are historically. But, I don't. I think there's other teams in the conference this year that are worse. I don't think I'd put Vanderbilt at the bottom. So let's go and put a star by Vanderbilt and let's move on. All right, so Missouri is next. I don't agree with this either. I really like what Missouri's coach is doing I think it's going to be a long rebuild for him, but Missouri is a great place to do that. And so I might put Missouri up one or two spots higher. Missouri, I think, will, you know, come. I don't think Missouri is ever going to be a top of the SEC team, but... I feel like they could be, you know, a a middle of the pack to a top of the middle of the pack team. And I believe Missouri would find that to be a success. And I think that's where they're headed. That's where they can go. They're not there yet. But as far as being the second worst in the SEC, I'm not sure. So... The next team on this list is Florida. As much as I love coach Billy Napier and as much as I want him to have success, Florida is the team that I think will be at the bottom of the SEC this season. You pull out of all of the quarterbacks that you could have gotten in the transfer transfer portal Florida is an incredible name between Billy Napier between the fact that it's Florida and the best quarterback you can pull out of the transfer portal is Graham Mertz what is going on in Gainesville what is happening Last season with Anthony Richardson, who went, what, number four overall or something like that in the the NFL draft? They were not a good team with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. So what makes us think that they have a shot with Graham Mertz? Did you watch Graham Mertz at Wisconsin? Wisconsin couldn't pass the ball 
I really, really, really like Billy Napier. But looking at Florida's roster, I don't see many bright spots. And I think starting the season against Utah is not a great place to start. Because I feel like Florida is going to be run over by a Mack truck in that game. I think that Florida will probably be at the bottom of the SEC. And the team that I think will be right above them. And this pro- this prediction probably hurts me more than any others. Mississippi State. I love Mississippi State. I really, really, really like Coach Zach Arnett. And I love watching Will Rogers play. But Zach Arnett is not Mike Leach. Mississippi State just went through such a tragedy. How does this team recover? Zach Arnett is a defensive guy. He was the defensive coordinator. He did not go and get air raid people and bring them into this team. Mike Leach set this team up to be an air raid team. But now... They're going to be getting away from that air raid style. Now, there are air raid elements in pretty much every offense. But what is Mississippi State going to do? Are they going to be able to have... Are they going to be able to sustain a different offensive style when they're set up, when they're built? They are built built for that air raid and last season I think was a perfect example of that they were not a great team they were a good team and they finished with what nine wins and people were down on Mississippi State it's it was the beauty it was the absolute beauty of seeing that Mike Leach system come together the system with the players it was beautiful beautiful to watch and they have so many returners this year I don't like that they're getting away from that air raid and I just think there's too many emotions I want I want Mississippi State to be higher. I want to be wrong on this more than anything anything else that I've said on any of these other preview episodes. But I think Mississippi State will be the second worst team in the SEC. And then I'd go ahead and put Vanderbilt and Missouri right above Florida and Mississippi State. Now next on this list from Sports Illustrated, they have Auburn. I don't 
agree with this. I would love to. I'd love to say that Auburn is the fifth worst team in the conference. But I don't think they are. It has been perplexing to me how Auburn could be that bad with Brian Harson, And I honestly think it was a Brian Harson issue, not an Auburn team issue. I didn't really think there was anything wrong with their personnel necessarily. I just thought it was an issue with a coach. It's a huge upgrade to go from Brian Harson to Hugh Freeze. Do we remember what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss? Do we remember? That was 10 years ago. Hugh Freeze at Auburn was a really good hire for them from a football perspective. I think Auburn is so low because people are so low on the roster because Brian Harson wasn't able to get the best out of his players. Hugh Freeze is going to get the best out of his players. They will be much better next year. But I don't think Auburn is the fifth worst team in the SEC this year. I don't agree with this take. All right, so the next one on here is South Carolina. Don't agree with that at all. Not even slightly. All right, Texas A&M is next. I would move Texas A&M down to the Auburn spot. And Texas A&M is going to have to prove it to me. The coordinator choice by Jimbo has to be one of the most boom or bust coordinator picks. I mean, Bobby Petrino, it's either going to be the higher, you know, that we talk about forever, about how, you know, Jimbo Fisher resuscitated the Texas A&M by hiring Bobby Petrino, or it's just going to go down as another terrible Jimbo OC hire. And I lean towards the latter. Mostly because I'm not confident that Jimbo will actually give up all of the play calling duties. I feel like he will probably hold on just enough, just enough to render Bobby Petrino ineffective. And so I think Texas A&M is the fifth worst team in the SEC. Now, above them, Sports Illustrated has Kentucky. Don't agree. Moving on. 
Arkansas next. I would probably move Arkansas down to sixth worst. So go so my worst to first so far would be Florida, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Texas A&M, Arkansas. I am not feeling super high on Arkansas. Yes, I watched them last year. Yes, I know what they're returning. I just don't think Coach Pittman is going to get them to where they think they should be. I just have this gut feeling about Arkansas. I I just, I can't, I don't know the words for it. It's just a gut feeling. I'm not super high on this Arkansas team. At least not enough to put them in the top half of the SEC this year. Alright, so next on this list is Ole Miss, Tennessee. What? What? Joe Milton. I know that Joe Milton has the, like, one of the most amazing arms I have ever seen. But why is Tennessee ranked above Ole Miss? That does not make sense to me. If it's only because Tennessee is in the East and Ole Miss is in the West, I think that's ridiculous. And also, all you Alabama fans who hate Pete Golding... I hope you eat your words this year. Pete Golding is not the worst defensive coordinator in the world. Are there things he could have been better at? Yes. But I hope you eat your words and I hope he has success at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is not stupid. He is many, many things, but stupid is not one. Him snatching up Pete Golding was a brilliant move. He knew what he was doing, and Pete Golding will definitely help the Ole Miss defense. It'll be a big upgrade for Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss should be above Tennessee. So, there's two teams that we skipped. And I think they will fit somewhere here in the top of the middle. Of the middle group here. Kentucky and South Carolina. Kentucky intrigues me. I really, really like the Devin Leary pickup because I can see how 
that one transfer portal pickup alone can push Kentucky to what was it the twenty the twenty twenty or twenty twenty one team that that had like what ten wins I believe I forgot to look it up before I started recording. Devin Leary has that ability. Look at what Kentucky did with Will Levis. Devin Leary, in my opinion, and I really honestly think that stats back it up when you look at their stats, Devin Leary is better than Will Levis, at least at the college level. I really like Kentucky, and that is a team that I am watching in the SEC. And then South Carolina. This is my darling pick right now. If everything goes right, I would not be shocked to see South Carolina be the top of the East this year. If Georgia stumbles even a tiny bit, I can see South Carolina taking advantage. I really like Shane Beamer, and I Spencer Rattler might be my favorite SEC quarterback. Maybe. Maybe. Will Rogers is up there. But I really like South Carolina. And I want, I want them to have success this year. South Carolina... I would love to be, to see, I would love to see them in Atlanta this year. Will they? Mm, Probably not. But I would be very surprised to see them lower than two or three in the SEC East this year. I mean, I'd love to see them number one. Sorry, Georgia fans. But... I would be very interested. I'm I'm just I'm dying, dying to see Shane Beamer have some success, some more more success. He has done so much with so little and now that he has more, I'm I want to see the man succeed. Okay, so according to Sports Illustrated, the top 3 Number three, LSU, two, Alabama, one, Georgia. It's really, really, really hard to argue with that. Georgia, they should be number one based on what they've done the past many years. They deserve it. Alabama, Alabama deserves the respect for the exact same reason. LSU They deserve the respect for the exact same reason. It will be very intriguing to see if LSU can keep the same momentum that they had from last season with Brian Kelly. I do think to a degree because Brian Kelly was not a good chemistry fit at Notre Dame. And so I think when he came to the SEC, it caught people off guard. 
because they were expecting Notre Dame Brian Kelly. And we didn't get Notre Dame Brian Kelly. We got a different Brian Kelly. We got what I think Notre Dame thought they were getting when they hired him. So LSU's not going to catch anybody off guard this year. So I'm interested to see if LSU has that same level of success. We'll see. Alabama, y'all, Nick Saban tells you these, he tells you everything you want to know in these conferences. I know he gets grouchy. I know he does. But he tells you if you just listen. There's so many questions people have about the Alabama team. Nick Saban's not nearly as cryptic as you think. Listen to him. All of these things that we think are so secret about this Alabama team. Is Alabama actually going to be successful this year? How does Nick Saban actually feel about this team? Listen. He tells you. He will give all of that information to you. If you just open up your ears and listen. Alabama will not be the same as they were last year. There are some massive positions that, as of right now, are still technically up for grabs. At least in the public eye. But in Nick Saban's system, every position is always up for grabs. If you do not succeed, if you do not do your part, you will lose your spot. What about Alabama's center? Do we remember that? The center, I believe it was last season, got replaced in the middle of the season. Why? Because he was an ineffective blocker. And who comes in but Seth McLaughlin, an underclassman. Anybody at any time in a Nick Saban system can lose their job if they do not perform. He tells you everything you want to know in the press conferences if you open your ears and listen to him. We won't have an answer on the starting quarterback position. Okay. I don't think the situation is as dire as we thought it was after the A-Day game. I mean, Nick Saban has even come out, what was it, this week? Or maybe it was last week and said that all of the quarterbacks have made huge strides in the fall practice. Listen to the clues that he's telling you He's giving you a clue 
things are better than you think they were last time you saw these guys. Things are not as bad as you think. He's giving you the clues. Are any of these guys Bryce Young? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Bryce Young was an out-of-this-world talent. But I really do think that Alabama will have more success this year. There will be some battles. There There are some key position battles out there, yes. But based on what I have gathered from listening to Nick Saban's press conferences and looking at his hire of Tommy Reese as OC and Kevin Steele as DC, Alabama's emphasis is going to be to wear you out. That's where Nick Saban's system has the most success, is when they wear you out. Have you guys seen some of these incoming freshmen for Alabama? For instance, the one that I just can't stop obsessing over is Justice Haynes. The dude is a beast. Can you imagine him being a linebacker for any other team and having Justice Haynes run and hit you 20, 30, 40 times a game? That would wear you slap out. That, based on what I have been getting from Nick Saban's press conferences, that style is what Alabama is going back to. On the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, they want to wear you down. That's what I'm watching for, and that is why I expect Alabama to be better this year, even though they don't have a once-in-a-lifetime talent like Bryce Young at quarterback. Even if we have a below average starting quarterback at Alabama, I still think the team will be successful. Georgia, number one, of course. What Kirby has done in Georgia has been amazing. Georgia has always been a good team. I mean, Mark Richt was amazing. He was getting, what, 9-10 wins every year, but Kirby Smart has taken that 9-10 win team and put them over the hump to be a dynasty, a dynasty team, like to be in a position that we have almost never seen in college football. Georgia has a chance to be a three-peat champion. We don't see that in college football. What? Enjoy this. Enjoy the Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart era of football. These guys aren't going to be around forever. Enjoy this. This is some of the most amazing, historic 
eras. This is one of like this is historic for all of these teams. Watch it, enjoy it. It's amazing to watch these guys. Man, I love football. I'm so glad it's back. Now for the rest of the episode, we are going to have special guest clips. Um Adam Clark is sharing his thoughts with us on a few different conferences and you know, gives us his hot takes. And then we will finish up this episode with Michael. And he will be talking with us about some prospects to be watching out for. Some NFL prospects or just some guys that he might have his eye on. All right, everyone. Hope everyone has a great day. So, Adam, it's good to have you on the podcast. Tell me what you think about the ACC this season. What are some things to be looking out for and expecting? Well, um, there is some, some things good about it and some things bad about it. Okay, what about the Pac-12? Oh, um, well, there is some things good and bad about it. And um, my favorite things are the good things about it. Yeah. And I just haven't been watching the NFL lately, so I don't really know what to expect. Okay, what about the Big 12? The Big... I just told you. No, that was the Pac-12. What about the Big 12? The Big 12? Well, I just noticed this on TV, but a new thing has joined the NFL, which is racing. And what about the SEC? Well, um... And what is your prediction for Alabama this year? Will they be undefeated, or will they lose a game? Undefeated. You think they're going to go undefeated? Mm-hmm. Who do you think has the best chance of upsetting Alabama between LSU, Auburn, or Texas? Texas. Texas. And what do you think the final score will be of the Texas-Alabama game? Alabama. What are they, how many points are they going to score? 20. 20? And how many points will Texas score? 90. 90? No, 19. 19? Yeah, 19. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining Monica on the podcast. Well, well, well. Monica, that is a great question. Um, The prospects that I'm looking forward to, a kind of a preview of the guys that are coming out possibly this year. At the very least, they'll be coming out in the next two years. I think we should start with the SEC, all right? Uh, The SEC. Now, here's something that I think people are going to kind of criticize me for. Um... I'm going to leave off some Alabama players here because if we're honest, everybody knows Alabama's going to have some guys going in the top two rounds at least 
probably most of them going in the first round. So names like Kool-Aid McKinstry and Dallas Turner, you're, you're not going to hear on this specific list. Let's, let's give some love to some of the lesser-known people. I love Joe Milton. I think Joe Milton is the type of guy that has a rocket for an arm, and if he can just simply do exactly what he did last year but build on that a little bit more, I really believe Milton could be a, a Joe Burrow surprise. The same with Hendon Hooker. We, we talked about Hendon Hooker on my podcast a lot. We knew Hendon going to a team like the Lions was really good for him because there's no pressure. But we also made it a point to talk about the fact that had Hendon Hooker not gotten hurt, he probably, probably would have been a top you know, first-round pick. He still snuck in as a top 100 pick with a torn ACL onto a team that really is hoping they don't have to play him. But I love Joe Milton. In the other realm, uh, we'll, we'll do two quarterbacks and a, another player or two maybe, but I, I love Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. Look, I'm a big Darnell Washington fan, and Brock Bowers overshadowed him because that's how good he was. I think that Darnell Washington would have been a top two round pick and not have fallen all the way into the 90s like he did had it not been for Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock is the type of player that I think, and I know, Monica, you're going to hate hearing this, but if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs next year and Brock Bowers is sitting there when I pick, I know that Travis Kelsey is getting older and I, I really think about it because Bowers, his gameplay reminds me a little bit of Travis Kelsey. Now, I'm not saying they're the same player, so don't, don't go, he said that. No, I didn't. Come on now. Last player I want to talk about is Spencer Rattler. Look, guys, it's a quarterback-driven world, and outside of some guys we'll talk about later, uh, there's not a whole lot to really write home about this year in the quarterback market as far as guys that we know are coming out. You know, I have a couple of Big Ten prospects, a couple of Big 12 prospects that, that we'll talk about. Unfortunately, both of those are from Texas. Uh, but um, we'll talk in just a moment about those. And, and Texas is going to be in the SEC conversation going into next year. But with the SEC, I think Spencer Rattler could be a guy that is drafted in the, in the first round, a team that is looking again for a quarterback. You know, maybe the Atlanta Falcons are not a huge fan of Desmond Ritter, and they try to dip into that well again with Spencer Rattler because if, if Ritter plays well enough to keep the Falcons in it, they're not going to have a top pick unless they do what the Panthers did. What about the uh, other teams in the NFL like the Seattle Seahawks, guys that will probably be picking a little bit later in the first and second rounds, and that's about the range that I see Spencer Rattler going. So my top prospects for the SEC – is Spencer Rattler, Brock Bowers, Joe Milton. The ACC. Ugh. Used to be a Clemson-driven conference, and yet here lately, well, you know. Let's start with who I think is going to be a, a pretty good candidate for the ACC as a quarterback. Drake May has been flying up on a lot of boards, and a lot of people are talking about him being a guy that we should really be thinking about. And I'm not going to say that I disagree with that. Uh, I think that Drake May, as it stands today, if we were doing the draft, we know that May is more than likely coming out, or he is coming out, I believe, and we know that Caleb Williams is coming out. Those would probably be picks one and two in the NFL draft. In fact, when we did our mock draft, uh, very, very early mock draft, 
they went one and two in my uh, 2024 first round mock. So I, I can't leave Drake May off of this list. But let's talk about another player, and that's Jeremiah Trotter. Thumper. Oh, man, he could be the next great linebacker in the NFL if he can stay healthy and continue to do what he's been doing in the college level. Uh, I really am crossing my fingers that somehow, some way, the Steelers walk away with a guy like Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That would be incredible. Another guy would be running back, Will Shipley. Uh, I just want to see what happens with him. You know, that outside of Travis Etienne, uh, we, we don't really have that many running backs in the NFL from Clemson that have been bona fide superstars. Uh, at least I can't remember any. Uh, I know about Travis Etienne, and that that's pretty much it. And even Etienne, his career is still so young. We don't really know what's going to happen. Those are the three from the ACC, but I, I do need to add this. We need to talk about the Big 12 now. I should have done this in the SEC portion that I talked about earlier, but I get very nervous for the Big 12 um, when it comes to what's happening with their conference. There's one player that I'm really excited about coming out this year, and it's the guy that had he stayed healthy last year. Maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, he could have beaten Alabama. I hope he stays healthy this year so we can get a true test of what it looks like when he goes into Bama to play the Crimson Tide. If he plays well in that game, he will rocket forward on people's boards. That's the ACC. Quinn Ewers, Drake May, Will Shipley, Jeremiah Trotter. All right, Monica, we're talking about the Pac-12. Ah, man. Can we do this without talking about Caleb Williams? I hope this doesn't turn into one of those situations, you know, like a Ryan Leaf or a Jake Locker, the the type of player that we're just so sold he's going to be a superstar quarterback, and then he's not. Um, there, There was a documentary that came out recently about Johnny Manziel and how he never watched film and I mean, literally, his iPad logged 0.0 hours of film study. Uh, that dude was super talented, though, because if he did even remotely anywhere close to how he played, winning two games out of seven that he started, the dude was literally winning, not understanding the playbook. That's impressive. I don't get that impression from Caleb Williams that he's a party animal, that he's the type of guy that is basically going to say, you know what, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I think Caleb is the perfect prospect. Got to throw him on there. Now, I'm intrigued by Shador Sanders. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but if he can go into the Pac-12 over there in Colorado and he can actually ball out and show out, he may be a Jalen Hurts type guy. You know, gets drafted later in the in the NFL draft. Uh, Jalen Hurts fell to the second round. If only the Steelers had taken him, we wouldn't be so concerned right now about our Kenny Pickett era and whether that's going to be true or not and, you know, good. But I, I like Shadur Sanders, and I really want to see what he does. All right? I really, really want to see what he does. Um, I'm going to be watching him as much as possible uh, this, this season. And then I would like to talk about Bo Nix. Look, didn't work out in Auburn. That's okay. You know, Joe Burrow didn't make it at Ohio State, and then he went on and did great things at LSU, and he's been a pretty good quarterback. Am I saying that Bo Nix is the – Absolute, you know, spitting image of Joe Burrow. Absolutely not. 
but I don't want us to just write off a player because he didn't pan out at one school. There are plenty of transfers that made it from one school to the next and then played very, very well. And I think that Bo Nix, if he plays well this year and has a good good season, that would be good. I'm going to throw in an extra one just because I feel like it. And it's a quarterback-driven world, but Michael Penix Jr. is the type of player that I think could be the next Lamar Jackson in the sense of another pure running quarterback that can throw the ball to. I personally, in the film that I have watched on him, believe him to be a better, you know, more pure thrower of the football. But we'll have to see what happens this year. He's in the he's in the Pac-12 playing at Washington. Let's see what happens with Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Shador Sanders, and Caleb Williams. We get to talk about my favorite conference now, the Big Ten. Oh, look, if y'all didn't know this about me, I am a Ohio State, sorry, the Ohio State University uh, fan, mainly because the Steelers have often drafted players uh, from Ohio State, and that's pretty much worked out pretty well. I mean, if it weren't for Ryan Shazier making a tackle incorrectly, he's probably finishing up his career in Pittsburgh, you know, at this point in his time. I mean, it, hard to believe that it's been, you know, at least six years ago that that happened, uh, or more. It, it, it's crazy. But I love the Big Ten. And it pains me to say that J.J. McCarthy is a name to watch, the quarterback from the Michigan place. Um, I think he's a very arrogant young man, and that bothers me because there's a difference. Like I don't like Joe Burrow's arrogance, partly because, of course, I'm a Christian, but I don't like Joe Burrow's arrogance because then when you lose, it's really bad. I'd rather a, you know, a kind of a hybrid between Peyton Manning and even a Tom Brady. Tom Brady was obviously an arrogant guy on the field. But when he got off the field, you didn't necessarily hear him saying certain things the same way that Joe Burrow does. And J.J. McCarthy bothers me because when you're losing big in a game to TCU and you need to get something going, do not turn around and start yelling to the fans and to your family, we're going to win this game, we're going to win this game, and then go out onto the field and not win the game. Can't do that. No. Can't do it. But from Michigan, we'll take J.J. Carthy, I guess. I don't want to call him the other. Uh, J.J. Carthy, uh, quarterback out of Michigan. I also like Blake Corum, the running back out of Michigan. I think he's an individual that, if he can stay healthy, he could really be a, a little bit of a hybrid, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor type. Not necessarily known for catching the ball like McCaffrey is, but known for running and being able to catch the ball. That you know, I haven't really watched Michigan enough to know for sure if they love throwing the ball out of the backfield to their running back. If they do, Blake Corum uh, could really eat in the NFL. My final one, <sighs> Marvin Harrison Jr. The man that if he had stayed healthy. We would have beaten Georgia and probably beaten up on TCU. Not necessarily to the same level as Georgia, but we would have beaten up on TCU. It pains me that Marvin Harrison missed the rest of that game in the second half, and we barely lost by a field goal. That's so frustrating. Those are the guys from the Big Ten. My favorite conference. And just to be nice, so it's not a two-school thing, keep an eye on Braylon Allen. 
running back out of Wisconsin. He could be good, could be somebody to watch. If you like what you've listened to, don't forget, you can subscribe to my podcast, The Goat Podcast. It's going on a tangent in just a couple of weeks. My plan is when we get back from PTP, the NFL preseason will practically be over at that point, and the roster cutdowns will happen, and we're going to start that podcast back up. I've been on a summer break, but I am ready to come back and give some content. Monica, take it away. I definitely appreciate having Adam and Michael on today's episode to kind of give us their thoughts and perspective on, you know, college football in general or, you know, some prospects that we need to be watching out for. And that, with that, our college football preview episodes are concluded. Guys, the wait is over. Football is here. I'm so excited. It. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to our podcast, subscribe. Listen, we're going to try to keep content going, college, NFL, you know, just, you know, keep keep things interesting, you know, keep things going during the, during one of the most wonderful times of the year. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, you have something that you really want to say to us about what we've been talking about on any of these episodes, email us goat versus goat at gmail.com. That's G O A T V S G O T E at gmail.com. And also, we have a Facebook and an Instagram. And you can follow us on there. So I hope everyone has a great day and we will see you next time.